What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little glasses of business. Dead meat. Hey, welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. <laughs> hey, wow. Our intro used to be boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> it's evolved. So cute. We're Rhett and Link. We're not engaged. <laughs> uh, we're, we're constantly engaged in trying to do comedy. Oh, there you right. go. Mm. Yeah, nice. But we are much like an old married couple. Yeah. So this is what you have to look forward to. Okay. Uh, yeah, as long as my beard can grow out like that, I'm excited. Just give it time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been engaged? Just, um... You mu- I'm like, what What time of year is it? It's been it? a rough time of year for us. Like two uh, months. Yeah, about two months. Oh, have so you set a date? No. Yeah, we are yeah. just about to come up for air after Halloween, because okay. uh, October yeah. is insane for us, and right. then we will begin planning the wedding. Uh, okay. It was mostly we got engaged, played a video game for two weeks, and then had to do Halloween stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to come up for air and realize that Holding your breath is not a good time to decide to get engaged. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because you know, it cuts off the uh, oxygen right. to the mm-hmm. brain. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. do that. Uh oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been married for almost twenty years. Oh, oh my god! So I could, yeah, I had to. I was like, twenty years. That's awesome. Nin- is it almost nineteen for almost, you? Almost. Is it? Or is it almost nineteen for you? And almost... I got married in the year two thousand. Wow, pre nine so, eleven. Yep. Yeah. Damn. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like was t- simpler times. Yeah. Right. It was much easier to get married. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Yeah, you didn't have to do the strip search. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. At the altar. Yeah. yeah you, could, you could wear your shoes while you got married. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you need any 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 marriage advice, uh, oh, should you like oh, the other person? Initially, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You yeah, should be yeah, in yeah. counseling, like preemptively. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's just That's, a part of. Just a part of. Being together, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's we've not done. a joke. That's I'm not, yeah, no, we yeah, I'm giving you advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on, you should no, be in counseling. You're letting me on your podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to be helpful. When oh, we yeah. were deciding, like, we think it's time to get engaged, we went to counseling together. I oh, that's think, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should, should be. Everyone. Every couple should be in uh, counseling, and every person should be in therapy. Right? Yeah. Talk about stuff, especially if you're like really into horror movies to the point where like you keep demented. Yeah, paraphernalia right. yeah. all yeah. around you at all times. It definitely was a day one thing where it's like, yeah, we cover horror movies, and the therapist was just like, interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? What's? I I, I want to interview uh-huh. you guys so badly. <laughs> no, don't let it happen. I'm sorry. You're I'm not guest. gonna assert control yeah, you guys of your podcast. Oh yeah, podcast. we should like introduce them. Oh sure, yeah. These uh, it's Rhett and Link. <laughs> Rhett and Link, you, you know, know you. Know <laughs> uh, but the reason you're here uh, specifically Ooh, right now is the late night thing. Re- the book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, their book is coming out. The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek. Bleak Creek. Yeah. You've you got a you've got a soft preliminary copy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to bleakcreek.com, you can get yourself a nice hardback. Yeah. yeah. yeah you can, it's like you a can, turtle. You can Ooh. build with it. You can stack things on it. You can defend your home with it. Yeah. Right. It packs know? more of a punch than this. You yeah. can read it, and it'll make you scared. Hopefully. Yeah. It'll make you laugh. Hell yeah. It might make you cry a little bit. Maybe. Uh, if you're open to that, it might get you engaged. <laughs> I'm not right? going to make any promises. Yeah, we actually weren't engaged until we both right, read this exactly. book and we yes. just looked we at each it. other. And Mission accomplished. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, if you're watching this or listening to it the day it comes out, that's the same day this book comes out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tuesday, October 29th. October 29th. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Although I've had this copy for a while. Advanced, uncorrected I was say, proofs. Look at how- 
like yeah. well loved this looks already it's mm-hmm. very uh it's, it's been this has traveled the country yeah. <laughs> to go with you mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh, I I really enjoyed it. It's uh, your second book, right? Yeah. First so novel? the first book uh, was nonfiction. It was more of like a memoir called The Book of Mythicality. And it was more like, hey, let's tell some stories from our childhood and then kind of make some sort of connection to, you know, some advice, some, some life advice. Um, but th- yeah, so that one was more like if you are already a fan, you kind of, mm-hmm. you've been watching what we do, this book is for you. But this book... It's definitely, uh, like you said, first novel, so a fictional story, very much based on the world that we grew up in in the 90s in the small town south, small town North Carolina. But, of course, everything that happens in the book is completely made up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what fiction is. Not not everything. Well, everything that happens. if If you like us, you'll like the book. If you don't like us, I think you'll still like the book. And if you don't know us... We hope that you'll read the book and like it. Sure. Well, I mean, and that was, I mean, that was what we were hoping That's for. why we were excited to, to, you know, I'm glad it worked out that we met each other at the uh, It Too premiere. Yeah. Because um, we were like, you know, YouTubers, because YouTubers have an audience, YouTubers, for better or for worse, have the ability to just try things and do things like write books. Yeah. And there is understandably a lot of skepticism that comes along with that. Because just because you can make a video from your bedroom doesn't mean that you have you have the experience <laughs> necessary to be able to write a compelling story, right? Mm-hmm. So there's healthy skepticism uh, associated with YouTubers doing anything besides YouTube. But we've kind of, we've made a career of trying other things and uh, really priding ourselves on getting something right. If, yeah. we're, if, if we're going to bring it into the world, we want it to be a product that we are proud of. And it has nothing to do with trying to... It's not based on leveraging popularity or an audience. It's, it's not like a cash grab. It's yeah. like, hey, okay, maybe you'll like... That's maybe. why the novel's free. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Completely free. Yeah, so... Because you guys are you guys are sort of legit in this world. No, thank that you. we were like, okay... This is a perfect. This is a perfect audience to talk to because we feel like the book stands on its own, and you know we want people who care about this kind of content to read it, not just because hey, those guys eat goat testicles on the internet. How yeah. was that? That was not that bad. Some. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Oh, okay. yeah, one for everybody. Yeah. And I hope an extra one to just leave on the set. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just yeah. To slowly like shrivel a, into yeah. a raisin. Yeah. <laughs> like a shrunken head. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, I obviously know who you guys are and have known who you guys are, but uh, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I just don't really have the time for it. So, Understood. I get it. You know? Yeah, I'm busy making stuff. Right. I can't oh, yeah. consume it. So yeah. I, I'm not like a super fan. I don't know your personal lives or ins and outs. So I came at this book uh, pretty blank slate, you okay. know? And I still really enjoyed it. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so true to what you were just saying, it's not written just for Rhett and Link fans. It's written for anyone. Yeah, I appreciated when we got the because we knew we were taking a risk and and letting you read it. And <laughs> um, when we got the email back from you, and you were like, "Hey, I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to be nice or because I like what you guys do on YouTube. Like, I actually liked it." And we were like, "Yes!" Yeah, it means a lot. Come talk about it. Yeah, it mean it mean it more. Yeah, yeah but, I mean we're so used to putting out a video every day that's just, I mean, oftentimes very ridiculous, and you get, I mean. We we know the 
the swath of comments that we're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, because we've done over 1,600 episodes of Good Mythical Morning. So it's, we kind of, you know, we, we do try new things, but we kind of know the world that those comments live in. Mm-hmm. But when you pour yourself into a novel in this story, especially when it pulls so much from our experience going in our freshman year of high school and like revisiting that and kind of pouring this the specifics of ourselves into it and then trying to craft a story that works for anybody. It's like, okay, A, let's hope we get feedback. Let's hope people read it and that we get some sort of an- critical analysis. Um, and B, I hope it's hope it's positive. I hope it moves people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it, this is this is a big week for us. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. it's like there's there's a lot of I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous because you put so much into it for almost two years. Is that how long you've yeah. been working on wow. it? Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, since like the initial conception of the idea, um, and then fitting it into everything else that we do, it just takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Did you have to uh, slow down production of anything else you were doing while you were working no. on this, or no? You just I mean, so juggled. We um, everything that we everything that we do that's ongoing, like Good Mythical Morning and our podcast Ear Biscuits, and you know, running our company. It's all our time is at this point so scheduled because we've made it very clear, like, hey, we want we have these other things that we want to do, like write a book or develop a TV series or whatever, or so, have a family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little bit yeah. of that. Like, you know, we, we we try to get home for dinner every single night and we try not to work on the weekends so we can spend time with our family. So yeah, it's, um, we don't, nothing slows down, but everything is so scheduled at this point to be able to allow us to actually have time. Oh, that's great. To do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know it's, it's doable running a big YouTube channel. So time consuming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Weekends off. Oh, that's a, that's a possibility. It can happen. Okay. It, yes, it, it is. It Fingers is a possibility. <laughs> yeah, you can get there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So the I think the reason that we you know we want to talk about your book specifically is there is a horror element to yeah. it. It gets yeah spooky. definitely yeah, and I feel like it's uh, kind of a slow burn. You know, the first uh, I don't know first fifty or so pages. I was reading. I was like. I'm I'm enjoying this, but where's like the horror stuff? But, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you yes. you're instinctively counting bodies, right? Yeah, that yeah. your life. Kill right? count zero <laughs> right now. What you're the hell? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like if you if you went to work somewhere, and you know the x number of days since uh-huh. the last accident. Yeah, it's like right. you you're the guy who gets frustrated when the number doesn't change. Mm-hmm. X number of pages since the last body. Yeah. Well, so, and that and that was. That was very intentional, right? And I think that the way that it plays out is that it's designed to be reflective of the way that we, the world that we're trying to present, right? And so the world that we grew up in, small town south, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is a facade that, and this is true everywhere in the world, but... Where are you guys from? We're from uh, the Detroit area. Okay. Okay. Which is sometimes, uh, I don't know, I've gotten that I sound like I have a southern accent sometimes, which is weird. No. Yeah, Yeah. no, I don't hear it either. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think it's mostly people out here What do you mean, thank you? You don't want one? (laughs) You don't want one? (laughs) Right, but I I think that for good reason, the South has this reputation for like, there's a smile on your face and you're saying, bless your heart, but you're stabbing somebody in the back with some (laughs) gossip. And we wanted to, so that's sort of the starting point of the book is like, you've got a town that feels sweet and normal and presentable, 
Um, and you and you might be kind of lulled into thinking that like, okay, this is a normal place, but no, actually, there's something very sinister going on underneath that facade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanted to hint at the fact that, that the reason the book starts in sort of a does start in a little bit of a faster paced dark. Like originally, the first chapter just started at the the pig picking, you know, oh, okay, yeah, the fundraiser at the beginning, uh, and then we were like, well, let's take that story of someone trying to escape some place and not really knowing what the details are. Let's put that at the beginning. So at least it's a little bit of a cue to No, there's going to be some action. Yeah. In fact, there's going to be a lot of action once it gets, once it ramps up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Cause if you want to see kids get cut, just wait. Right? <laughs> It'll, happen. <laughs> It'll happen. Be patient. There's some, there's a bleeding child at the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, you could, you, you could press forward. And there's more bleeding children as everything mm-hmm. unfolds. And that bleeding child ends up being one of my favorite characters too. I love it. <laughs> like the, I really loved, uh, just the wide variety of characters in this book. I, I will talk about it in a way that doesn't really spoil anything yeah. since, you know, coming out the day, same day this is right. released, but yeah, there's so many characters who, by the end of the book, they're all playing a part, and I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, I thought they were just going to be like a one-off, like one-scene character, but no, now it's playing a part later on. And I just feel like it all ties together really well. That's mm-hmm. probably all the Seinfeld that we watched. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we, 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 we've always yeah. had this fascination with like, okay, how many how many streams can you start, and then what are all the ways that they come together at the end? And we actually had people tell us, they were like, okay, well, you know, the hardest part about writing a novel is going to be ending it. And we were like, what are you talking about? Be- that's not going to be hard because we've already outlined the whole mm-hmm. thing. We've only ever written, um, you know, screenplays and sketches and that kind of thing. So it's, um, which always start with the outline. And because there's two of us, we always work on this outline and get it very, very tight. And then you go, oh, I'll go in and let's fill in the scenes and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So we we're like, let's do the same exact thing for this. So we're both on the same page. So we thought that we had it in the bag, but no. When we got to the end, and we were like, ah, oh, we've kind of like, we've really got to like satisfyingly close all these arcs in a way that all comes together. And mm-hmm. it, that was by far the most difficult yeah. thing to pull off. I forget what the metaphor. It's like a writing metaphor where there's, there's a the two. There's the gardener and there's the I forget what the other type Maybe is. Like an architect, but or it's something, like but... it's the difference between like if you're I think the gardener, you're just kind of planting stuff and seeing what happens, and then versus mm-hmm. if you're an architect, you have a blueprint for something and you know yeah, where it's gonna. Right. Yeah, we definitely had the the architect approach because we, I mean, because it's the. T- the two of us working together and at a certain point you got to figure out who's going to do what mm-hmm. i mean you want to make sure you're on the same page and that like it, especially the big ideas that you know that we've got it paced out mm-hmm. and, we, and we know where it's going yeah i mean at the halfway point you know, red's more like the, he's 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 good at being able to step back and kind of have the big picture idea and there was a point where there was like a, you had this panic moment that you started doing all of this, these calculations in terms of like, at this rate, given the outline that we have and the story we need to tell, then this book is going to be like twice as well, long as it needs to be. I think there be. was a point in which I was like, if we continue on writing according to the outline, this book is going to be like 130,000 words, which is not a good first novel, especially <laughs> again, and we're so practical. I mean, like we told you before we started talking, we have engineering degrees. Yeah. And so we approach everything super practically and we're super self-aware. So we know about the, the stigma that comes along with being a YouTuber. And it's like, hey, listen, we're asking you to read this book. We think it's good, but we're not going to ask you to read an extra long novel as a debut novel, mm-hmm. as people who've never 
written a novel before. So we were like, we got to land around 80,000 words. And at that point it was like, okay, is there a more efficient way to tie these stories together and actually pay everything off? Um, Did that involve any drastic like plot changes or cutting out of characters or anything like that? We had, at the, well, at the very beginning, we we had a simplification process because we were we were very ambitious. But and at that point, there was a second simplification. But I think I think you brought that to the table because you, when you had that, what seemed to me like a panic moment, you already were like, I'm not going to feel good until I have a solution. So it's like yeah. the next morning, you kind of brought that. It wasn't that it wasn't that hard of a problem <clears throat> to solve, but we did have to say. Um, this isn't this isn't a there's the one of the darker sort of scenes towards the end that happens at the funeral home which is kind of just mentioned in passing where they get the blood yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so we originally a bunch of blood we, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we originally, which incidentally Lots. in doing the research like we obviously we wanted everything to be to make sense and to be true to life in so in so far as it could, it, other than the supernatural stuff, um, but like well, don't tell him, make it a game. No, we're no, we're trying. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much blood do you think there is in an average human body? In, oh in gallons? I mean, I just read that part, so I is it about a gallon? Like what? just one? It, no, that's it, what it, they. It's it's like about a gallon between a gallon and a half to two gallons depending on the, the person okay well that you passed the test that you did read the novel uh, yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> um, but, that, but that's a lot lower that, than we thought that, right? yes, that alarmed yeah. me a lot because if you just picture like a jug of blood mm -hmm. and you're like that's, that's like a, that's my blood man. yeah right and that that we're bleeding into a milk jug yeah. an well, empty milk jug and you and it was half full you how alarmed would you have been before this conversation, I would have been like, "Yeah, this is. I'm a bit alarmed, but I don't think I'm. I'm well, that's die. why you. Bleed, that's why you can actually bleed, <laughs> bleed out. out. Like if you, if you cut that femoral yeah. artery, that's yeah. why it's like it's okay. Unless you get some really specialized attention very quickly, you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't take long to fill up a. To, I mean, I fill up my milk jug every morning, don't y'all? Right. Yeah. <laughs> just fill it up with that. Uh, fill up with don't y'all pee water, whatever. Yeah. You, you got cows that yeah. you, uh -huh. right around. It's like the opposite of how much skin you think is on the human body. Oh yeah, there's like a lot of skin. Like when you unroll, which is yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you like unrolled someone's skin, it's it so could much. cover the surface of the moon. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Hey, want to talk about our sponsor real quick? Simply Safe, Simply Safe Home Security. Did you know that burglary, according to a recent Gallup poll, uh, it's the crime that most Americans are worried about. That is the number one crime. Or maybe, you know, if you're listening to this, you're not so worried about burglars or robbers. You're maybe worried more about ghosts, things of the paranormal persuasion. Think of uh, paranormal activity too. They have to hire a whole team of people to install their home security system. Well, with Simply Safe, you don't have to have the whole team of people putting cameras up in every corner and putting wires everywhere. It's designed to blend right into your house. So no wires, no drilling, super easy to set up. And that's why I think it is an excellent choice for home security if you are interested in that. It protects your whole home 24 seven monitoring for a fraction of the cost of most other security services. No contract hidden fees or fine print. Um, won a bunch of awards from CNET to the New York Times. 
And yeah, it's $15 a month and that's it. I think that's worth the feeling of security knowing that someone will be there. I guess police dispatch is even faster, 3.5 times faster because of the video verification. They know what's going on before they show up. So if you want to try Simply Safe, go to simplysafe.com/deadmeat. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com/deadmeat so uh, they know we sent you. Tell them deadmeat sent you. That's once again simplysafe.com/deadmeat. We think in vi- we think visually, um, and so we think about what does this look like on screen? Because that's the medium that we understand. And then we sort of work backwards. Uh, so it's almost like the process of writing a novel for us is adapting a screenplay that we've already written in our minds. Okay. Um, and so that scene was something that we had talked about for a really long time. But then, and it was, and it was actually, you know, the book is just as much, maybe even more a comedy than it is horror, right? Yeah, and it was it's very tr- funny. trying to mix the two. And so that was originally just a really funny scene of these two kids trying to drain an old man of his blood, mm-hmm. having never done it before. Well, uh, cor- the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are yeah. you doing? Oh, <laughs> an old I only have a gallon. <laughs> and uh, we kind of hated that that got relegated to a paragraph. Mm-hmm. But it was the kind of thing that's like, oh, the pacing is here. we got to get to the end. And also, not only was it going to make it too long, but it was an example of like, Sometimes we actually had to say no to some of the comedy that we had in mind because sometimes comedy gets in the way, right? Yeah. There, there's a balance, and some people are like, "I don't want any of, I don't want there to be any humor in my horror." Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm personally like a huge fan of the way the It franchise came together, in the because the movies are so funny. Mm-hmm. I laugh. Yeah, they're so yeah. funny. So much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what Jordan Peele's done is like, you, you're in the middle of this like, I just got scared and I'm concerned but now I'm laughing like mm-hmm. the way that he's able to mix those two things for sure mm-hmm. yeah that was kind of we aspired to that yeah that was but, but you still got to pull back on some of the kind influence on us I think especially having met Jordan Peele and we had I mean in the Key and Peele days we had them on our show and like oh, that's shit. so cool. and, and um I I think Jordan I think well Maybe it was Keegan who knew who we were, but I was like, it was really cool that like they had a point of reference for us when they came in. But that was like in their the Comedy Central sketch days. They were mm-hmm. super cool guys. But then to see Jordan really be able to spread his wings and do what he's done, yeah, it was just I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It was guy's just, a genius. Yeah. It was he's, very he's inspiring. Yeah. for sure. Like, God, yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is amazing how much overlap. I don't think you would realize at first there is between trying to script horror and trying to script comedy because they're so subjective but yet at the same Mm -hmm. time there are certain key things that i think are universally very funny you know yeah like farts like farts 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 are are funny to everyone yeah Yeah. i i I love it when anyone starts to make the argument that the that the toughest thing to do is either to make somebody laugh or to scare them Mm -hmm. it's like i mean you can. It's it's easier to make somebody cry. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. It's just like my. I walk in the house today. My fourteen-year-old son. He's watching The Good Doctor. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like, son, this show is it, just uh, wow. is a few tears short of This Is Us. I mean, it's designed <laughs> only to make you cry. Is that mm-hmm. the one where There's, the kid is a 
the yeah. doctor and he's like an autistic yeah. kid doctor. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Like it's like autistic Doogie, Doogie Hauser. Hauser, right? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just what he is. But it's well, yeah, it's like an un- designed it's to make an you unfunny cry. Doogie Hauser. It's not oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not funny, and it ain't scary either, really. No. Right. <laughs> so what just, is it even doing? It's just. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like low hanging fruit. It's like if you can, if you can scare somebody. That's difficult. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I love it when people talk about like, where are the Oscar, where are the horror Oscars? Yeah. You know, I'm sure you guys get into that, right? Oh man, yeah. It's, yeah. It you get sucks mad so much. About it. Oh yeah. I guess so. But like, then, the, well, I mean, comedy have, gets yeah. grouped into musicals com- already. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Comedy also way. gets. But there is sure. something like as horror fans and you know being part of the horror community, which is like the nicest fan base ever. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's there is something fun being part of a fan base that is considered trash a little bit. It is like a, it is a bonding it thing. You meet you other horror yeah. fans being and an you know that, yes. Mm-hmm. And so you do, it does become this place for misfits. We met someone at, a, at our convention we were just at uh, who she was like, I don't even watch horror. I just come here with my fiance because we feel like we fit in, like everyone here is so yeah. nice. We meet all these people. We've never seen any of their stuff, but they don't care. It's just, we like meeting all the Well, you know the what my theory misfits. about this is? And I don't just say this because I'm a personal horror fan, but I think that people who are into horror understand the carnal need to, you've got to do something to entertain your own Dark thoughts. desires, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and to do that in a healthy way, mm-hmm. right? To do You're that. Talking about purge, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's one of the things that makes purge so, <laughs> so such a genius thing. Is not just because it's this sensationalized exploration into what it would be like to actually give in literally to those urges, but um, it's doing it in a medium that kind of represents that for people because. For most healthy people, just being able to watch the purge and enjoy that. <laughs> is enough for them to, they don't then have to go murder someone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm usually pretty satiated. <laughs> it's interesting right. because the scariest characters in The Purge, we, you know, in the later movies, we realize they're people who are like, you know, at the top of the kind of social hierarchy. It's rich people, rich white people are. are yeah. And uh, it is interesting looking at those characters and looking at, you know, some people we run into in your book and it's the same kind of idea of let's let's tamp down all the bad things and then when they have the chance to let that out in a way that's considered acceptable and allowed is when it gets really scary yeah do you know what i mean oh yeah 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 Yeah. and i i guess a corollary to this conversation is helps me make sense of why you guys seem so nice (laughs) (laughs) like i can see it in your eyes like i don't i don't know you that well we just met yeah Uh we just just met a few weeks ago but Mm -hmm. like if you're if you are as nice as you seem in your eyeballs, <laughs> it's, it's it's in your. Are you at ease because you've let things go? It's like you're not, you're not. You don't have some darkness hidden that's like that you that you. It's like a mask. It's yeah. like there's a, there's like there's a shame. Of yeah. darkness. Well, the, mm-hmm. think about the opposite. Are you, are you, are you proud of your darkness? Because <laughs> you just let there's a release. Well, if you because you think about the opposite. If okay, if what you do for a living is like there are people. In fact, I was talking to my niece about this because she's in North Carolina and she's got friends who go to. I'm sure Christy knows about this. 
there's like an etiquette school for like good Southern girls. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, <laughs> Cotillion. <laughs> yes, See, that, Cotillion. that would be a great horror movie setting. Yes. Exactly. And so <laughs> yeah. it's in the... Like, they teach you... went to Cotillion. She did. I knew she would have. They're like yeah. bank Because she's got such away. great manners. Such she's got, she knows setting. how she to knows set the salad a fork. Oh, yes. They teach you how to sit the table and stuff. Yeah. And the fact that it's only the... The girls that go to Cotillion is the, the patriarchy is alive it. and yeah, well in <laughs> many places. But the um, the interesting thing about that is if you take somebody who this is their job mm-hmm. is to enforce these ridiculous customs for little girls, it's like that. Wh- where's your release? Mm-hmm. First of all, you're probably an asshole, and <laughs> in, in when you just interact with people because you're having to worry about manners. And I think that the, there's got to be balance, right? So it's like okay. I'm into this. I'm into watching people be torn apart <laughs> in, in the imaginary world. Yeah. yeah. So that then I don't want to tear anybody apart in my real life. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of it, too, because you look at how horror and just real life, like what we see in the news, we see horror movies get more violent as the news gets more violent. Mm. We have more access with cameras. Technology is better. Like we... Um, we always talk about on the podcast how we start getting zombie movies right as we start getting footage back from Vietnam because this is the first time we're able to film stuff overseas and people are watching it on TV. So then yeah. there becomes this like this compulsion, I think, to make movies where it's a safe way to experience that and it's not real. Um, we did an episode with our friend John who d- he did a documentary about haunted houses and like extreme haunts where people can touch you and stuff. Uh-huh. And it's like, why do people want to do that? And he uh, he cited, uh, I think he said the the year, so 9-11 happens and Halloween Horror Nights that year at Universal, highest attendance ever. Oh yeah, that's right. Record breaking wow. attendance because people want to experience horror that is safe and not real. Yeah, scared because in we, a safe control. We want to be, yeah, we want to be scared. It's the adrenaline and so, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what's happening at your birthday every year? <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah, a purge? so so my my um my tradition is to invite my friends over to watch as scary of a horror movie as I can find mm-hmm. at that. Time. Ooh, what have you watched? Um so We've done. We did the first year was The Conjuring that we did. I love nice. The Conjuring, uh, and the supernatural stuff is like that. Just gets me. Like the stuff that makes me have a difficult time going to bed, even though I'm like, I don't think I believe in that, but because of that movie, I think maybe it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Um, and then the the Babadook, we which was very scary, and then uh, I can't remember everything that we've done. This year we did um, Sinister. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, God damn. And yeah, that's, uh, that movie's so scary. All, and this, and my wife hates horror movies. She, she, my wife does not participate in my birthday horror experience. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Uh, but and I, I don't know does. why I do. <laughs> and a group of friends. I think we had like maybe six people. It's a small group because, at least amongst my friends, I'm the guy who actually enjoys it. And. The, and like one of my friends was like, I haven't watched a horror movie in 15 years. He was like very, very nervous. Yeah, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> before <laughs> that, yeah, we had dinner before the thing. We're like, it's sort of like an hour and a half. We're just hanging out before the movie. And like, I noticed he never sat down. <laughs> he was just he was nervous to watch fidgety. a movie. Yeah. Oh, and then, wow. I mean, that's really the, I, I actually, I do look forward to watching the, the movie for your birthday because in that group environment, it's so much, it's yeah. so fun. Like, I involuntarily scream and su- I, then I scare myself for being scared <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and everyone else it's just so in, it's an added level of entertainment just uh, just like what you get in the theater mm-hmm. when everybody's just reacting now, do you guys watch them alone sometimes like are you into just sitting down i mean yeah. I mean, we have to watch so many movies. You have movies, to watch so many that you so have a choice at this point. Most of it is by ourselves. Like, Yeah, I was watching the original version of The Grudge, like the Japanese version, mm-hmm. the other day by yeah, myself. And I was just it. sitting so far away <laughs> from my computer. But yeah, watching them alone is so different. We will I have, still get really freaked out. We'll occasionally, because uh, among our like tightest group of friends, we are just the horror people. I mean, obviously, but they're just, they're not as into horror movies. So right. we'll occasionally have group screenings for movies where we're like, no, you we should really watch you it. Could wa- yeah. Cause, so like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's my favorite. Yeah, movie, her favorite. So. And it's like, it's and a really. That's the first one we ever watched together. That's the one. Yeah. That- Isn't it to use up? the southern uh, vernacular, that's the one that rent me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went to Adam Nicholson's house oh, for man. a sleepover. Shout what out to grade, Adam. What grade were we in? Sixth grade. Damn, that's Sixth a grade. scary movie. Well, because that was the that was also that was a big moment for me, the big night for me, because we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then we looked at Penthouse afterwards. Oh, oh nice. So You'll remember was, that. Uh, night. It was my first porn and my first horror, <laughs> okay. all in one day. I don't. I was so scared by the movie. I wasn't. I didn't want to be exposed you to anything. Else. Yeah, you don't, not you don't want to link those two and it's like have developmental yeah, issues yeah, later. Yeah, I was too smart. But yeah. I, I don't remember that at all. But what I do remember I is <laughs> how horrifying and real that movie felt. Yeah. And then right afterward, again, we're just grade schoolers, and and I don't know whose idea it was, but it's like. Now let's go outside uh-huh. and walk through that cornfield yeah. in the dark. Yeah. 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 And while and, we were outside, we stopped I, at the trampoline and looked at porn with a flashlight. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. You don't remember the trampoline you, porn, no, dude? No. <laughs> the porn really stands out in my mind even more than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was your so, eyes, man. This is sounding like my childhood, honestly. I think I was inside trying to hope that... You forgot that I wasn't going you in the cornfield. You didn't go in the cornfield. This I did like... go in the cornfield, but I think you came in and got me, and I missed the porn. I missed it's... the only good part. Yeah, right? It hey, is man, so I'll show funny. it to you later. Like, obviously, I've just met you two by having read your book where I think there's a little bit of... There's some parallels, right? Okay, there's a few. And it's so funny because this conversation, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, actually, there... Yeah, okay, so for those... To quickly fill in the gaps... So sure. the main characters <laughs> in the book are Rex and Leaf. It might sound a little bit like Rut and Link. Uh, <laughs> when when did you make that decision? Well, the starting point for the whole project was uh, we had finished the Book of Mythicality, and we've always had something in mind around, like something around small town North Carolina in the 90s. We always assumed it would be a screenplay. Okay. Um, but our agent at the time was like, have you ever guys ever thought about doing like your take on like the Hardy Boys, like a young Rhett and Link thing? And we were like, Oh, like writing. Oh, writing fiction. Um, I'm sh- okay. Yeah, we haven't thought about that. We thought we would just move to the screenplay first, but then once we started talking, it quickly became something we got very excited about. Um, so initially, it was essentially the characters were Rhett and Link, and the name of the town was Bowie's Creek, is North that Carolina, where which is where okay. we're from. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's why so much of the, you know what's true about the characters and their sort of disposition and the way they interact and the way they, uh, like the strengths and weaknesses of, of Rex and Leaf are very much a parallel with us. And then all the stuff like the river and the rocks, the talking rocks, the yeah. big rock and the little rock, the Is that tree, it? that's all from our childhood. I figured, yeah. How old were you guys when you met each other? Six, first grade. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 I have a friend where like, I don't remember meeting her because we were so young and mm-hmm. like, we're still friends. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. 
But is it though? But it actually, it, we got annoyed with ourselves. Now, I mean, some people are going to be annoyed. Like, guys, why'd you write a? You wrote a, decide to write a novel, and you basically just wrote it about yourselves. Can't you guys do anything that's not about you? Well, that remains to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because that was the starting point, was to do something that we knew we knew that world so well. We wanted to tell like a twisted version of something that could have happened in the South. Um, and of course, we knew those characters so well because we know each other so well. Uh, but we got so annoyed at talking about it and saying things like, "No, but then you're going to do this," and then I like we're literally saying you and mm -hmm. I as we mm -hmm. discuss the character choices. And it got so annoying that we were yeah. just like, "We need to separate ourselves a little bit." So we went to Rex and Leaf, not very far, but <laughs> it was actually a pretty monumental shift in our minds. And then we kind of were able to give them character traits that aren't exactly true mm. about us. And that's when it changed from Bowie's Creek to Bleak Creek, because it was like, oh, let's do something that, first of all, is just easier to understand and is more marketable. But also, I think it, because Bleak is a, well, I'm not going to give away why it's called Bleak Creek. But obviously, it has this intrinsic quality of like, okay, there's something, there's, there's, there's some negativity there. Why is it called Bleak Creek? How did it get that name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we... We also knew we wanted to play with the notion of belief. You know, it's, I mean, it being set in the Bible Belt, there's, the Bible Belt can, can tend to tighten, you know, on you yeah. as you're growing up. And it's, you know, so the, so the idea of conformity uh, was something that we wanted, we wanted to work with. But it, even as, in terms of how belief can get away from you, in terms of the things that you find yourself doing in the name of, um, air quotes a good cause, mm -hmm. you know. So I think that's that's something that we knew that would be something that would help drive the story and and send it darker. Mm. The the more yeah. that the more that you read, right? Yeah. And I yeah, and I really like that. Uh, so the main characters are Rex and Leaf, and they're uh, how old are they? They're like they're going into their ninth grade year, so they're both fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like how you have their perspective for a lot of the book, but you also have uh, Janine character. Yeah. Who is what, mid late 20s? She's like 26. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's someone who uh, is coming back to the town after having gone away for college. And like, I really, especially since she's a film student, I really related to her character of just, because uh, mm -hmm. like I come from a, right outside Detroit, a small subdivision that's like, I don't know, uh, 30,000 people. And just yeah. like, it feels very small and tight knit. And, uh, like I've I've had that experience of going off to college and then coming back and just being like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm -hmm. this is how people live. This is how I used to live. Yeah, and also the experience of wanting to make a documentary out of anything I could. Being a film student, uh, for her, it's kidney stones at first. Right. Well, she's very so. Janine is a very aspirational character in a lot of ways. Uh, she's in the story for a number of reasons. One that going back to the whole Seinfeld thing of like starting multiple starting in multiple places and then bringing people together. But also, because we had 14-year-old protagonists, we knew that you might just immediately write this off as a, as a YA book, which, I mean, it is a YA book in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, but some people just feel like, I don't want to read something about teenage protagonists because I don't, a lot of times it feels like it's written from that perspective exclusively. Yeah. So we were like, we want or to exclusively have... Exclusively for that audience. For that mm -hmm. audience. And we were like, we're actually writing this for ourselves and, and it sort of appeals to... It's the way, same way we make everything that we do. It's kind of like, well, it's kind of for everybody. I mean, like, I'll let my kids read this, but I'm sure my parents will also read it. Uh, but Janine sort of represents a true adult perspective, but you're right. It was like, she kind of represents 
the clarity that you get about the place that you grew up when you move away, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so we not only did we grow up in North Carolina, but we lived there until about eight and a half years ago. Oh. That's where we started our YouTube career. That's where our initial studio was. Um, and when you're in it, it's, you know, it's just like when you, the joke is like, what is the joke about the fish in the water? And you, the fish says, how's the water today? And the other fish says, what's water? It's like yeah. when, when you're when you're oh. in, when you're in when you're in it you do, you can't see it. I've mm -hmm. Never heard that joke by the way. <laughs> it's not a great joke. But it's a good analogy. <laughs> but the idea that like you you come to LA is a place where our friend Pete Holmes described it as uh, it's an empty room, right? There's no it's like anything goes in this town, mm -hmm. and it's like there's not really an ethos other than just like maybe other maybe it's cutthroat and people are just trying to. What can you do for me? Defeat one another. It's very yeah. transactional. But when it comes to belief and worldview, it's there's not. It's kind of a blank slate. And so you look back on the trappings of the place that you grew up. And so she kind of represents that. Somebody who her parents are from the town, and she's visited during the summers. But she's from a completely different place. She's in Manhattan. She's got an NYU film degree, and she comes back and she's like, "Man, now that I see this place as an adult, it's kind of weird." Mm -hmm. And being able to see the place that you come from. In all its, uh, all its many shades, mm -hmm. is something that we wanted. We wanted to give that to somebody, and the two kids couldn't right. represent that perspective. And yeah. I, I think, for me, I was excited about being able to give the reader the inside the inside view from different characters' perspectives. I mean, like I, I, I really like that about reading Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, like every oh, okay. every chapter, it's like, okay, whose mind am I in? And I had that this song. Chapter, yeah, I, the opening <laughs> felt very um, like the beginning of each Song of Ice and Fire book is the opening. Oh, that's cool. You know, oh, yeah, because like character like a, where you're like, what? Like you don't is? know the character is kind of tangential, but then it comes. But into it play is later. related later. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, we were, we were excited about that. I thought that that was that was always a fun experience for me. So putting that into the novel was, was mm -hmm. really cool. It's funny when you were talking about the multiple tangents. I was thinking of the, was it George R. R. Martin called the Miranese Knot, where he's like, uh-oh, I have too many characters inside plot. Yeah, that was like <laughs> his uh -oh, problem. This it took is him years to sort out. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine that. Just right. like, having done this on a much smaller scale, it's just like, yeah. oh And he's one gosh. of the garden writers who doesn't yes. plan everything out, so it's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what's happening? Right. And the other thing about Janine, <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, was, I was wondering what you guys thought, like, having learned that, like, you came from film school and all that. Mm -hmm. like, I just the, assumed you'd gone to film school. Right. No, we felt so real. So, but the yeah. interesting yeah. thing with her is that, I mean, she gives, we wanted her to be able to give the outsider's perspective on Bleak Creek and on everything that was going on and how the people interacted and the standards. And, um, but the opposite happens for her. She starts to gain perspective when she comes back to Bleak Creek on what she's left behind and the relationship and the, the dynamic there in terms of like how she re related to her ex-boyfriend and mm. all that. So, so that was also, that was an exciting thing to explore in her character. It was just important to us that we rounded her out yeah, and that she, that she mattered, that she wasn't just there to, 
help solve something that kids weren't capable of, but that she's her own complete character. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it feels that way for both Janine and I would say like the other fourth main character perspective character, uh, Alicia. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. at first the book, uh, I think the first few chapters are from, uh, Rex and Leaf's perspectives. Yeah. And yeah. then I was really excited when Janine was introduced and I was like, Oh cool. Like a, another perspective, like you said, with a different like age and uh, different approach mm-hmm. yeah. to everything going on around her. And then I was also, excited to see that Alicia was like a point of view character and not just a plot device you know I was a little worried early on that she would just be used as a way to motivate Rex and Leaf and then later yeah. it was like oh no she's an actual she's person we were very careful not character to do that, that, you, well, that and you under- have a crush on and like that's yeah, yeah. right and not yeah. Just- it's very I, I without saying anything I think it's done very well and is really sweet mm-hmm. so. yeah well and you know I would say especially with the Janine character so we got a lot of help uh, from a more experienced novelist, Lance Rubin, mm-hmm. uh, who's credited as the Wiz. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought you said the Wiz. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I thought. I was like, he's oh, going to ease on down that road uh-huh, with yeah. Lance Rubin. And uh, he's never he hasn't written in this particular genre before, but we just re- our initial conversation we just really hit it off. Um, and he went to NYU. Okay. Okay. Um, and so he was. He was very instrumental in kind of fleshing and he's out. He's Jewish. Yes, he's Jewish. He like went Jenny. to NYU, mm-hmm. and so fleshing out that her backstory with Dennis and the boyfriend was he was incredibly helpful in that. And I think that because obviously with the Rex and Leaf stuff and the Southern stuff, it's like that's our world. We can we can go very deep there. But it was one of those things that it was already a collaborative experience between the two of us, mm-hmm. and then we've got Lance in the mix who. When it, when Janine's character was really taking the lead on her backstory, I think that's one of the reasons that it feel it feels like a literal different perspective. Yeah, because he yeah. took the lead on her backstory, and so it's like even the thing about Dennis, which was something we hadn't discussed we hadn't discussed ahead of time. It was like we knew we knew that she went to NYU, we knew what she was going to represent, we knew that she was going to be this thing that was very intriguing to Rex and Leaf because they're making their horror film, Polterdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wanted to go to film school, but it seemed less practical than engineering school. So we, you know, for a number of reasons, didn't end up making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was one of the ways that we kind of, in the collaborative process, those very clear perspectives came out. Yeah, but it's so crazy because, like, Janine, it was like this is what it's like being a female student in film school. Even yeah, just, right away you were. Saying I was like, that. oh yeah, that's why I just assumed you both gone to film school but even just like yeah her ex Dennis is like such an amalgam of like people I interacted with who like make film school suck you know <laughs> tell us more oh, I, yeah I just, don't hold back tell drop some names no 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 <laughs> <laughs> well but, what uh, was it like for you I mean it's it's kind of like what she goes through where so he you know he makes student films that are I love the, the like not Tom Hanks movies are <laughs> so funny. And I was sitting there trying to come up with some of my own, but none were as good. Um But uh and just like him being given like the benefit of the doubt, like this is genius, right? You know, right away screening something and her being like, But this is just stuff you kinda took from other places, which is like what you run into is, you mm-hmm. know, so often. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like when I was in film school, I just made Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> but, <laughs> and a lot of people are <laughs> But yeah. thankfully no one led me astray and yeah. said they were good. I yeah. learned real fast. Whereas <laughs> I, I feel often if you're if you're, you know, 
female student and you ma- you want to make something a bit weirder, you want to get a bit more experimental, there's so much more scrutiny, I think, up front based on whether or not, you know, like, does this idea work? And I, I don't know. I think you just you have more attention placed on yes. what you're doing. Yeah, you and know? I think... I mean, Janine kind of fell for the trap of, of going under Dennis's wing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it's, you know, yeah. and then she's, e- even though she's physically separated herself from him and coming back home, it's st- like he's he's looming over her mm-hmm. yeah, the entire time. And that's right. part of it, too, is especially once you get to, like, you're close to graduating film school and it's really easy as a woman to be like, well... I could be successful if I kind of glom onto these, you know, maybe other male students who I think are going to have a shot at a good career. It's just so much easier and more comfortable to mm. do that. So I relate so much to that, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it, that. It, so it was important for us that we give Janine her her arc. Mm-hmm. And then for Alicia, it was the same thing. It's like, you know, it's, we get... We wanted. We knew what we needed to be careful about in ter- in terms of constructing what she calls the the triumvirate. You know, her the the the, the relationship triangle with Rex and Leaf and herself, mm-hmm. and then being able to um, give her. You know, she's she's not the princess peach to be rescued. Yeah, it's, li- well, it's what we discussed we in ta- the room, and then we put it in and the then book. We, right. So then it's yeah. like, well, we might there's if there's a way to get that line in there, we're gonna do it right. just to hit it on the head. But. Well, and she's also it's it's funny because I think she she is aspirational in that we were just we were just good kids growing up, right? Like we looked at the authority structures in the small town that we lived in. And we and we quickly kind of just knew, even though we were like mis- mischievous and like did some, you know, messed around. We we were good kids. Yeah, we're like we're not going to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you trusted the authorities. Yep. And, yeah, yeah, we're going to toe the line, and we know how to succeed. And we essentially we know how to receive approval and love in this system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is to behave and be a good kid. But a lot of times, those authority structures. I, need to be challenged right and i think that alicia represents a kid who actually has is doing that is like she was she's willing she's willing to stand up to people she and she was dealing with her own stuff and growing up in the south and having a black father and a white mother which in itself was a was a a struggle uh but she kind of represents who the kind of kid that if i could go back and give advice to myself it would be like hey listen like to us yeah a lot of people you, you you feel like all these adults have it all figured out but the truth is that they're just trying to figure it out every day, just like you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, yeah, even though the system may like work for you uh, and who you are and being able to, to work within it, it's not going to work for everyone for various yeah. reasons. And yeah. it doesn't make you worse because you don't fit into this, you don't conform into this in this system. Yeah, yeah, so I think for for me, Alicia is my hero in the story. Or maybe Whitewood, depending on your perspective. He's very interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, I really like that that shading that comes. Yeah, in. me too. That is not just a uh, uh, one-dimensional bad guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's really that, that was, was gloved a, that was church a, organist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was important for Pig us master. as well because it was like every. I mean. We don't have to talk about the Joker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we haven't seen it yet, so thank oh, you. Oh, you have okay. okay, yeah, you seen it yet. busy month. Busy month. Okay, <laughs> uh, but w- without getting into any spoilers or anything, it's just like obviously the controversy around the movie is that it explores, you know, 
what actually leads to someone being evil incarnate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were like, okay, we're not trying to necessarily make this person Whitewood sympathetic, but it's like, you know, everybody really is a, is some, is a result of the, the way that their DNA has mixed with their environment. There's really, where, where else does, where else does anything come from really? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without getting into philosophical discussions of the free will, (laughs) (laughs) we just did a a two-parter on creepy children and horror. And that's a lot of that is, are we born bad or bad? That's so, you know, kids are so loaded. I mean, there's, there's a reason that this, there's actually a pretty good reason why this guy is behaving Mm -hmm. in the way that he is. And how does, what does that do to you? How does that make you feel about his actions. Yeah, right. like, are, it, does it justify them in your head, or yeah. that's up to you to decide? Right. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm thing. a big fan of Song of Ice and Fire, is yep. it's so rare you get in the, that series someone who is just evil, and that's it. Yeah. You know? They exist. Yeah. Ramsey like Ramsey. <laughs> 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 but, right. it, yeah, it is interesting that, you know, realistically, who is going to be going around just being evil to be, like, their yeah. motivation is, everyone's I am evil, and I am, you know, no, well, everyone's And that's got... the way it was, like, you know, Captain Planet back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Who, who was the villain in Captain Planet, the guy who was, all he oh did was God. pollute? Pollu- I was going to say pollution. <laughs> yeah, so I think like, it was those six rings of plastic that you take off a can. (laughs) And the geese get their their next Floating in in, ocean. In my recollection, and I might be wrong, maybe I'm not giving the writers enough credit, but I just remember him polluting for pollution's sake. Right. Right, yeah. And it wasn't like in the name of industry or capitalism. Right, But it probably was, but in my mind, that didn't compute as a kid. It was just like, this guy just wants to pollute. That's He wakes up with the desire to pollute. (laughs) But nobody really does that, right? It's just pollution is a byproduct of other intentions. Right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully we capture some of that, mm-hmm. the complexities of, you know. I do got to ask, how, like, are you guys Stephen King fans? Uh, yeah. Okay, because I feel like a lot of that shines through, uh, you know, the, the age of the characters is a common thing yeah. in his stories mm-hmm. and just. Kids uh, on bikes. Kids on bikes? We always call, we always call them bicycle yep. kids. Yeah. It's, it's such or a scooters. character trope that we love. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah or scooters. Yeah, or scooters. A little bit of scooter action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the. the, the the kids on bikes things for us, I mean, it, there's also like a Stranger Things looming large yeah. over the fact that it's like, it's kids on bikes retro. Yeah, and I age. love the early 90s setting. Yeah. I mean, not only does it, I'm sure it made writing the plot uh, a little easier with not having to like write away smartphones or the internet. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. Yeah, it puts it in a simpler time. But it was a simpler time. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Uh, you know, we're old enough to remember that switch from like the analog world to the digital the world. And I remember mm-hmm. having, you know, these experiences of just like riding around, no phones or connections and just, yeah, being with your friends. Yeah, yeah. and I think for us, I mean, the the starting point, what really s- sparked our passion to, to dive into this project was really tapping into our shared experience going into high school. Because it was such a, such a, formative time in our lives that yeah. we, we often talk about. Like on our own podcast, we're going back and we, we reminisce a lot about it's that time when there's so much hope associated with, I'm going to high school, things are going to be different, you know? And I just, I can, I remember what it felt like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so I think that's what got us excited. And then, so really we pushed forward kind of in spite of Stranger Things. I think and then people might assume, and even the endorsement on the back is from the, 
you know, the the author of the Stranger Things book. And well, the, she, the, the prequel, yeah. The prequel. So Bond, she, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got a great endorsement from her, which made me feel great. But it's it's kind of like the starting point for us was, okay, we're doing it for, for our reasons. Mm-hmm. And then you toy with some of the same things. And then... With the Stephen well, King comparison, the same, I, mean, I think that's very, yeah, very flattering. I mean, the way that I've kind of described it is like if you know Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, and maybe John Hughes had a love child, um, but it's like okay, well that okay, that's what that Stranger Things was inspired by all all the same. Yeah, because Spielberg also has those adventurous yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's in the era, right? Like it's you know it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's just, and we, we talked about this on uh, like a couple episodes ago where we were talking about this kind of current movement. It was part of the creepy kids thing, but right now kids in horror aren't so creepy. We have these like bicycle kids. I don't know why we started calling them that, but I think it yeah, works. I get and it. Yeah. It's yeah. just, we, and, and this to me fits right in with that and makes sense because we're living in a time where kids are literally showing up on the news begging for adults to believe them and telling adults that they're scared. Mm. Like that's what we're living through. We have like child activists, which (laughs) I don't know if we ever have seen like, like kid activists Mm. before be so prominent. I think that's why we're getting this in horror, especially because it's like, yeah, this is what younger people are afraid of. And it's adults being scared of other adults, not believing kids and having to live with Mm. those consequences, you know? Yeah, so that, I think like this makes sense to me in the kind of current wave of film and stuff that we're seeing. And right. Yeah, and we've we've talked about how uh, with Stephen King when he writes those kind of characters, he just has this uh, ability to really put you back in that that age and make you remember how it felt. And that's yeah, that's the same way I felt here. So when you said just now that like you remember that feeling, yeah, uh, yeah it definitely it shines through, and that you just like capture because not everyone remembers. I think what it was like and those like complicated feelings and like you said that hope but also yeah. those fears mm-hmm. and yeah it really well, like the, un- the it. unknown of um going into the the high school cafeteria for the first time you know mm-hmm. you got the scene where they're oh, trying to yeah. figure out mm-hmm. where to sit and like the the words of rex's older sister are ringing in his ears about how if you sit with the wrong you could sit with the wrong person your the first day of your freshman year and your whole life will get screwed up mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah and i have an older brother and who was a senior when we were freshmen. Um, and he never told me that specifically, but it's like every single idea that I had about high school was through the filter of this older sibling. Mm-hmm. And so you go in with all these preconceived notions of things that you've heard. Uh, and we, yeah. And, and we saved by the bell a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. yeah so we wanted to, to capture that. It was Boy Meets World for me. Okay. And, and, that's, and that's why they're specifically... We chose the summer between eighth and ninth grade as the starting point. Yeah, because it was like this is like yeah, I remember that summer for unknown, me. right? Mm-hmm. I remember getting to that age and yeah, starting high school and doing that's when you start doing the mental math where you're like, okay, it's now four more years till I go to college, and then it's four years of college, and then I'm just a grown ass adult. And then I get, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's freaky. Yeah. You start to realize how quick. Yeah, especially life because goes by. like at that age is it's like right in the middle of being kind of self aware of you're a human being, yeah. you know, but like still being really naive and not knowing exactly how everything works. Yeah. yeah. And just those eyes opening, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I will say something I very much appreciate about this. This is a trope we always discuss. I don't necessarily hate this trope, but it stresses me out. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, when you have a main character who like knows something is true and you, the audience are shown that it's true and no one believes them when that goes on for a whole movie or book, it stresses me out. <laughs> and so I love that we have, like Janine is, 
I was just I just found her very cathartic. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, I, I was like, okay, you. <laughs> I have a character that I'm I'm being introduced to. I'm like, I know she's gonna believe these kids. Yeah. And she made I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she's right. also gonna have some really smart ass to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the same time, yeah. hopefully, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah. kidney stones thing. <laughs> That was uh, yeah. Why kidney stones? Did that come just, from anything or I think well, there there is a connection. Just, oh really? So it it I I can't answer that. Oh, you mean like in the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, but well, what? so but yeah, adding that element to the story. I don't know, I'm I'm someone who uh, I always say I I have to tell my viewers I'm not a creative person unfortunately and some people are like no you're creative I'm like no I can take other things and kind of synthesize them yeah. into uh, something that resembles creativity <laughs> but as far as like coming up with some of the stuff just like you know whole cloth out of, and just like I out know, of thin it, air it was, I'm like wow you made that up that's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow I'm, well, I'm I'm genuinely I, yeah well the kidney stones thing so. The book was there, there were so many other avenues that we went down like there, there there was like probably a month where the idea was that there was a cannibalism idea with kids kids yeah. in, the, mean, in I, the barbecue like whitewood was serving kids in the barbecue i thought that for a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was like oh, okay yeah, right? okay I, yeah i was like texas chainsaw was my only hook well and that and, and that <laughs> yeah, was actually yeah. you know uh that they I believe it was in Texas. Can we not mention that movie again? No, Texas I, just, I can't it's not bring it back. It's so funny well, there's a real story of people serving pe- pe- like dudes serving people as barbecue. Oh, that's because just pork think of the and people are pretty. Stuff, you know? Yes, the I meat looks. I wasn't there for that. It's funny because the mug we get. I did not do this on purpose. Oh, yeah. but this mug is from the house where they filmed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. We were oh. just there. It yeah. is now. It is now <laughs> a restaurant, Take and you can you. order steak there. <laughs> but did you order the steak? I did the, get yeah. a steak there. They yeah. Will, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't you, you know what steaks? Steaks fine. That's really hard to pull off. But mm. it's when if you get pulled pork, yes. there might oh. be people in there. Okay, and you would never know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're <laughs> serving at the gas station in that movie. It's like yeah. the, the rotating meat. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what, what do we learn that people what? taste like? They taste very, very iron rich. Oh, Isn't that what we? That's what learn? you learn. I mean, well, they call people long pig, but I don't know if it's because they taste like pork. I think or people anything. would probably be pretty gamey because of our diet. You know, I mean, we've had human breast milk a couple of times on the show. Really? Oh yeah. How was well, that? You're excited now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you so excited? Yeah. Uh, well. We've had it from two different women, and uh, one of them was there a difference in taste. They oh, were yeah, not yeah, present. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. At the time, I'm just. You know, uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't picture it like. Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh no, I like, okay. It was I get pumped, it and then mm-hmm. we drank it out of a yeah. container. Mm-hmm. The first one was to. In fact, we were guessing what animal the milk came from, and I said <gasps> bear or raccoon or something. Wow. You said it tastes like they've been eating dumpster trash. Yeah, and it was a. <laughs> it was a friend of ours who. Graciously donated. That's what her baby was eating, man. Dumpster juice milk. Well, like when you, omnivores, when you the, man. Omnivores. Yeah, when you have yeah, the diet, you never know what you're going to eat. So that's mm. why I said bear. But so that meat. <laughs> oh my that god. That meat has got to be. Yeah. Here's my. I feel like this is something we always ask our friends. I feel like it's very revealing. Uh, if you were offered the chance oh to eat human and it was consent, like the person knew that they were going to be, they wanted to they be. They wanted. Eaten the, after yeah. That, exactly. But. Would you do it? Yes. <laughs> That's my, yeah. like, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of the of the title and thumbnail first, and once I got that down, then I know if I got this the is ever an episode of the show. Like, because <laughs> that is also that, my answer is like yes. 100%. Is it is it legal? Are you I donating your? You know? I won't. No, I'm for no. Well, and you know what? And according to our mythical chef Josh, it's technically vegan. 
Wait, because we're not animals. Because you have to take that. We are animals first. He, he, he animals. has a whole argument, but he thinks it's based on consent. I have you, not and, heard and, the and, argument. Oh, and, and animals can't consent. Yeah, but people okay. can. I get that. I was a philosophy minor. When almost. you think about <laughs> it, it is. If you look at it that way, it is kind of more ethical than <laughs> right. But yeah. you I like what, this. What, what were you volunteering for? To eat, to eat human it. with oh, yeah. us? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. eat human with you. Human. If you guys get the opportunity, test. we'll yeah. be there. Yeah, if okay. it's yeah, con- yeah, consensually, like here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat. What about if somebody just gets? The interesting thing is if somebody just cuts something off. Yeah, and, and are still, still around, living. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're with you as you're eating it. And they're oh, watching I literally <laughs> had that thought like a minute ago. And I was like, but what could but you lose? It, and I feel like the weirder weird. part wouldn't necessarily be like eating like that person's foot or what, but it would just be the fact that I'm like, why are you like, is, why are is you this here? a fetish? Like, is this, you know, I think that's when, I'm, that's when it's weird. <laughs> Didn't, isn't there a treehouse of horror where Homer like keeps eating parts of himself? Oh god! I mean, probably. Probably. Yeah, I think it's, there's a diminished uh, return to that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man. Yeah. So wow. The kidney stones <laughs> were originally. It's not that they're not meaningful now, and they're not, and they are tied to sort of the central, you know, the central set piece of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they played a little bit more of a central role in one iteration of the of the plot. Um, and then as it changed, you just kind of tailored it to, uh, well, change. so I, I, I don't recall it this way. I just recall that we worked backwards. Well, I don't, this isn't really a spoiler. Okay. I, I'm not going to mention anything about the book, but like, okay. So there is a, like, there's a spring, there, there's actually a mineral spring in, um, Fuquay Arena where we, where our last studio was in North Carolina. Right. And it's like one of the only mineral springs in that area and at this point it's just this little trickle of water with like a plaque right uh but apparently at one point it was big enough for like people to get in and like bathe and swim or whatever and there was a hotel there it was actually kind of the reason the town existed and of course people believe that you can go there and be cured of all kinds of things including kidney stones Mm, okay um so that's the way we got to kidney stones and then that's why we okay that's why we started talking about kidney stones (laughs) yeah (laughs) right Okay. Yes. Right, because it was I agree a, with in, that. it was an indicator of something. Right. Okay, yeah. 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 But we do know is if you go to the only pizza place in Bleak Creek, Lil Dinos, which actually was the only pizza place in Bowie's Creek when we were growing up. Like same name? Lil Dino's. Yeah, we kept the same name because <laughs> it's no longer there as an Exxon mm. gas station. Um yeah, at the counter you'll see a big big jar of kidney stones. That was legit. That was not legit. Okay, <laughs> okay. I can never tell you. That know? yeah, that would have been Pretty crazy. And I do have a per, a great personal fear of kidney stones because my brother has had like five. Ooh, have you had any? I've had any. Okay, but like he's a little bit older, and I keep thinking it's gonna oh, happen. Yeah. I'm gonna wake up one morning, and there's gonna be like some crazy back pain. And I'm gonna be like, oh no, that's is this is it. It's it's back pain. That's how it happens a lot of times. So because it's it's not it, like pee hole. It, pain. Yeah, I thought it was pee hole. No, pain. no, it, no. The, <laughs> apparently the pee hole part is the easy part. The pain is when it's dis- dependent on the pee hole. As like. soon as it dislodges from the kidney and starts trying to make its way down, whatever that is that gets to your bladder, mm-hmm. that's where the pain kicks oh, in. Oh man. man, is that a is that a male thing or no? No, that, okay. I think it's, it's e- yeah equal yeah. opportunity. Right, because yeah. I always hear it's it's more painful than pregnancy, but that sucks that women have to deal with both. I've them. been told it's yeah. the only thing that <laughs> sometimes at is the same time on the oh, same God. level <laughs> as. You know, labor pains. Yeah. So it's like the only thing a man can experience yeah, that equals that. Yeah. Because this thing going out whole that's 
It's bigger than the... Exactly. But mm-hmm. he said the pee hole pain's not even the, the painful part. Mm. It just rolls right out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> In fact, uh, that's the fun part. Yeah, that's the fun. You aim it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you have a little souvenir. They, they want you to catch it so the doctor can, I don't know. Analyze it, yeah. 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 Uh, it's real. <laughs> like, like testing for gold. There's yeah, gold exactly. in them there, kidneys. <laughs> uh, but that I was... Bended into some yeah. counter <laughs> That was that was one of the things we really got into it with our editor about was that uh, Janine's working title for her documentary, which fizzled out, is kidney stoners. Yeah, and he was like, "Guys, that's a bit, that's a bit much, isn't it? Isn't that kind of, I don't know if he thought it was cheesy well, or hokey." And, and for us, it was based on. I don't. I think we may have taken this reference out. I remember going through and thinking, oh, "This is too." We had it in there for him yeah, really, yeah. because one of our favorite document. Terrians is Ross McElwee, uh, who he created. He, he made a film. You, sh- you, pr- you don't. You probably shouldn't know. Who he, this he's guy <laughs> yeah, super small time. Well, kind of. <clears throat> he made a film called Sherman's March, and then there was Which, a really really long subtitle. Yeah, and it, it was like the. Fo- it was basically following the path of Sherman around the South, but also exploring. <laughs> nuclear p- proliferation, but also visiting his ex-girlfriends, and he had a way to what fit that into a title. Yes. That sounds... It, okay, it, um, and yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. And it's just him and a camera. And it, so that one was very cool. Like, we, I mean, we loved, like, the... And that was the kind of film he would have made. And he like, would, real he people. Kidney yeah. You know, in the way, yeah. like, you were talking about having seen our local commercials from back in the uh-huh. day. Oh, God, yes. And when we were... We heard... People started drawing the comparison to Ross McElwee whenever we were making, like, the Red House furniture and, like, really using real people in their own ads. Mm-hmm. So that's when I... I believe we discovered him. Um, but I... And then he had, an, he, he had another movie... What, what were you getting at? What was your point? My point was <laughs> because if you're I talking def- about the I was Florida def- documentary, that's a different. That's Errol guy. Morris. Yeah, Errol Morris. Yeah, which okay. I was oh. about to say, you're talking about Errol Morris now because Vernon, Florida. Right. No, but I'm saying that which like Vernon, Florida. That's a great documentary if you haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm I, making a list. Up and here. I'm actually talk- I'm talking about both of them, but a re- the, my defense in the name in the weird name mm. was Ross McElwee. Right. But that the get, subject, the but the subject matter is more. Uh, you know, Errol Morris. But yeah. it's totally something that, I mean, you guys tell us, we didn't go to film school. <laughs> wouldn't you, if you, wouldn't you want to do a documentary on a town that had, so everyone was getting a bunch of kidney stones and wouldn't you call it kidney, kidney stoners? stoners? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that. Yeah. Oh, sure. it, it is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You Kicks watch ass. like Roger and me once and you're like, okay, time to go document like the downfall of a town. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, uh, well, I definitely want to encourage, I know that a lot of our audience is, uh, we do have, I've seen comments on our stuff saying that sometimes people say they don't really read much, you know? And I feel like if that's you, maybe give it a shot. This mm-hmm. is a good one. It's, it's like, a good one to, yeah, that's break through. the thing is, you know, I think maybe people have the idea that if you are someone who reads all the time, you have to be reading like, War and Peace. And oh, yeah, like, like great the canonical works. books. Like, no, yeah. you read whatever the fuck you want. This is, yeah. a, like, this is this an is, easy read. Yeah, it it's is. Fun. It's a very, I read it in three days and I'm a slow ass reader. You can get man. through it quickly. We didn't want, to, you know, we didn't want to ask too much of people because I've got about 12 books at my bedside table that I are halfway have so through. Many. It's falling over. Yeah. And if it's more than 300 pages, I'm basically at some point, I'm just like, yeah, I get it. And then I'm, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think we're, we're battling against people's attention spans. So, yes, we think we, we, we try to, Keep it fast paced and make it easy to read. And if you just 
insist on not reading it. There is an audible version as well. Oh, do you guys read it? Uh, we decided not to. Oh, okay. Because we, yeah. we honestly we just wanted to go the more legit route. I think it's like with the whole Rex and Leaf thing. Yeah. We didn't want to like say, and we read it. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. let's. Yeah, because then it feels almost like it, like you have to do it yourself, or else it wouldn't get done. You know, if it, it feel yeah. it does lend some legitimacy that someone else is like, oh, I'll read. Well, I'll read and there's it. so <laughs> many there's so many characters, and there's so much dynamic range, and you, you've got people. We didn't want to distract. Ages and, so from the experience, we of got the stories. really mm-hmm. experienced uh, reader Vikasa Adam, who he did Ender's Game and he's done Life of Pi. I mean, oh, he's wow, just cool. like oh, and he cool. can just embody so many different people so well that we were like, all right, let's hand it over to a professional. We did do an we did do an exclusive interview on the Audible great uh, version, and we also introduced the novel. But yeah, we we handed it over to the professional. To and is that available the same day? Uh, yes, as this it release? is. Okay. Yeah. I love yeah. audiobooks. I've done so many different ones. Yeah, that's how you did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It still counts. Yep. Why wouldn't it's so it weird? People think counts? that doesn't count. It's like well, why? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think well, it's why using... are we even counting? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Is what you're really saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you had if if someone was like, I kind of want to try writing a book. If you had one piece of advice to give them, and they had never written a book before, mm. since you guys, you know, since this is your first yeah. novel, you're not authors by trade, right? Wow. And if that someone happens to be named if, James. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I can't imagine doing the gardening approach if you've never, I don't know though. I mean, again, this is the only way we've done, we've only know what we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's, that, it's tough. Um, I would say that don't let yourself get intimidated. I mean, we we basically have been suffering from imposter syndrome since I've, day one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in every every room that we find ourselves in, when somebody's asking us a question, as if we're at least somewhat of an authority on any particular thing, we always are like, we're just two guys who grew up together and wanted to create things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that while we don't have like a formal education in the arts, we have engineering degrees. <laughs> Um, the, the idea of storytelling while of course reading a lot and writing a lot is the best way to write well, but storytelling is intrinsic to the human experience, right? Let us not forget that oral traditions existed before the written word. Mm -hmm. Um, and people, well, you speak it in like old English all the time. <laughs> and let us let not, not we forget. <laughs> and there were people who specialized in just telling stories around a campfire. I grew up in a family where my dad would just tell us all the stuff that he did as a kid. And it was just like, we like, oh, he's got so many great stories about the time he was about to get into a fight with the guy. And it was so much bigger than him. And he was like, you know, you ought to take off that nice sweater before we fight. And when the guy got it up around his head, he started beating the hell out of him. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you can be a good storyteller uh, if you just lived life with a with a you know tuned in mm-hmm. and uh, observing. Yeah. Um, and then of course I think that it does help. Like you know, we have a great editor. We had a great collaborator with Lance who's written a bunch of novels. Uh, so sometimes they can take an idea and actually make it uh, more cohesive than we're going to do in our first try. Uh, so, but I think in general, just don't be intimidated. Just if you've got a story get it out there, then let people read it, and just know that it's probably going to be changed a lot. Even, you've got the uncorrected proof. I don't know, there's other things that were no, changed. I was so curious what's yeah. different. Uh, I can't remember, there's a couple of things towards the end that we realized there was a couple of inconsistencies, I think, and that 
are in the final version. I, We're I, talking I sentences, though. They're We're very, they're very small. Yeah, not like plot it, points. Didn't like yeah. change yeah. the number of pages or anything like that. But just know that it's it's a pretty much a never ending process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So commit enough time to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. You're not gonna meet your deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just forgive yourself for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I've got some ideas kicking around. Like seriously, reading this was an inspiration. Because <laughs> I, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, you should do it t- completely. I'm yes. still stuck on girls' reform school horror movie. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like an etiquette school. Yeah. Or like yeah. boarding school. I'm like, mm-hmm. there you go. Cotillion. Mm-hmm. I, I don't a, even know what that word is. Yeah, I've where never does that heard come that from? before. It sounds French. cage. Like a region. No, oh yeah, I, don't look at me. Cage, yeah. But I don't, I don't even know what like that school is. Y'all are talking about it. Oh, you don't? That's just a thing. And, you know, you send. Your okay. girl off to learn how to manor school. Yeah. I thought maybe I was just missing out on something <laughs> no. from childhood that just I missed the memo. No. On, but okay. Well, it's a race between the three of us to write it. Then you're out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I'll be on. Uh, if you go That's to the right. channel right yes, now today. Yeah. James he helps us out. A pivotal, a pivotal mm-hmm. appearance on Good Mythical Morning to help us make a really difficult decision yeah and, the, and, and we're the gonna best see halloween, we're gonna see how people feel about your decision best halloween <laughs> oh, candy of all say, time tournament i got actually angry <laughs> i won't say about what but yeah i helped them uh we decide. got you back though thank we, you yeah i helped them decide uh the better candy of two and i'm a great choice for that since i don't even like candy <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah we like very to bring impartial. all unqualified people to help <laughs> us make those kind of decisions right so yeah make sure you check that out i don't know maybe there's one of those freaking bubbles that pops up so that yes. you can click that that'd be cool that's mm-hmm. on you though so yeah i just made more that's work for job. you cool and we made it easy just go to bleakcreek.com and that will oh, then nice. link you out to every possible place that you could possibly get a book awesome wherever you want to and then uh i'm again i'm guessing everyone who's watching or listening to this already knows you guys but where should people follow you if this is the first time they've ever heard of Rhett and link and they really dig your voices good <laughs> mythical morning on youtube Rhett and link on instagram yeah all right. All right. Cool. So next week we're gonna talk about Midsummer. Finally, oh. everyone, <laughs> everyone is dying for us to cover Midsummer, yes. and it's happening. Yeah. I have an outfit. James is gonna have an outfit. Oh, I am. Yeah. We're Are gonna there flowers? have. Oh yeah. We're gonna have. Oh, that's good. Oh yeah. Or wait, can I have a bear? suit we can arrange that yeah that'd be kind of cool okay i'm gonna make a month i'm gonna burn down the set at the Mm -hmm. end uh so yeah that'll be next week guys thank you so much for joining us thanks for having fun yeah Yeah. this is so great i hope we can hang out and do other stuff in the future i'll come eat people with you guys yeah (laughs) have us over to eat people whoever figures that out first the other is invited yeah great Uh, follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Kara Beck, C A R E B E C C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, deadmeatstore.com. Yeah. Uh, all right. Until next time, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this is Rhett and Link. And this hey. has been the Dead Meat Podcast. Woo!